You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Hi there, I'm sorry to disturb your preparations for tonight's service. I just wanted to very quickly remind you that we've now put a button for you to make a donation to Northern Lights. It's very simple, um, please before the service or after the service, or if you haven't got time, um, you can do it through the website during the week. There is a link, just click onto it and it takes you to either a PayPal or you can pay by card. Northern Lights is a charity. We don't apply for funds or we don't make money any other way. We solely rely on the generosity of the people who come to our services. So please feel, if you are able to and in a position to, to make a donation to help us continue to minister to our community and to anybody who is in need. Thank you. Enjoy the service. Good evening. A welcome to Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. We are a community of churches spread out across the world that are based on Christ's teaching and celebrate the inclusive love of God for all people. So whether you've been coming to Northern Lights for the last 25 years or whether you found us 25 seconds ago, you're very welcome. We are about to light our Easter candle and I know many of you have your own candle at home so I invite you to light your own now and as we light them we remember that we are Christ's body filled with his spirit and nourished by him in the Eucharist. We are called to be beacons of light, beacons of hope, beacons of love to the world. Let us pray. Almighty God, author of all truth, a people once in darkness has listened to your word and followed your son as he rose from the tomb. Hear the prayer of this newborn people and strengthen your church to answer your call. May we rise and come forth into the light of day to proclaim your goodness to all those who remain in darkness. We ask this through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading read by Judith we hear how Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, proclaims the good news to all people. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 14, and then verses 22 to 33. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. You that are Israelites, 
Listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man, handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this that you both see and hear. The Word of the Lord Thanks be to God. In our Gospel reading, read by Morgan, we hear how Jesus walks with his disciples and is revealed in the breaking of bread. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you are walking along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? he asked. I bet Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers 
handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things, and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So we went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. Thanks be to God for this reading from his Gospel. My friends, please pray for me and with me. Ask that the gift of the Holy Spirit guide my thoughts and my words. And that the Holy Spirit touch your hearts, that each and every one of you may hear the message the Lord wishes to give to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. United with the Christian Church around the world, we continue to celebrate the great feast of Easter. Each of our Sunday readings over the last three weeks have focused on Easter Sunday morning. Our first week, Easter Day, the tomb is empty and that is enough for the three women, for Peter and for John to believe. Last week we heard how Jesus appeared in the evening to his closest disciples and friends in the upper room. And it was Peter who 
struggle it was sorry it was Thomas who could struggled to believe the truth until he met him a week later I was able to touch him this week we're given the story that we're all familiar with the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus it's such an important and significant story the disciples are going home and they're joined on the journey by a stranger who walks with them the whole way and at the end of the journey the disciples invite them invite the stranger in to eat with them and it's at the breaking of bread that they recognize the risen lord for many of us we see that as asking us to focus on Jesus' gift of himself in the Eucharist. Something that we celebrate every Sunday. But equally so, it reminds us that Jesus is present in fellowship, in the gathering together for a meal. And it's certainly one of the ways I experience the Lord, whether we are meeting at Northern Lights in St James's or here online. The love, the joy, the concern of all of our church together. It reveals and reminds me of Christ and his closeness to us. There is a beautiful picture of, uh, well, it was, it was created by a, a German priest Sieger Koda, and I shared it with everybody as part of our reflections for Holy Week. Um, and this is it. It's a reflection of Jesus in the Eucharist. But equally so, there's another of his paintings that shows Jesus when we're serving one another. For me, part of the message of Emmaus is that Christ is with us whenever we welcome a stranger, whenever we offer hospitality or care, he is there. That's the story of Emmaus that we know so well. I'd like to go back to the beginning and start again. It's so easy for us, isn't it? When we talk about the road to Emmaus, we talk of the two disciples on that journey, but we never refer to them by name or we don't think of them particularly as unique individuals. Who are they? Well, the more attentive of you might have heard one person's name, Cleopas. We now have the indication and the guide as to who our two disciples are. Because you're right, Cleopas, if you think you've heard the name before, you have. Although you might not be able to match it with one particular event. Because G uh, Cleopas isn't actually mentioned in his own right 
ever again in the scriptures. However, if we turn to St. John's Gospel, we hear there at the foot of the cross was Mary, Mary's mother. So we go back and we hear Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. Mary, Cleopas's wife, is his companion on the journey back to Emmaus. And if we understand John's Gospel correctly, she was family. The term sister or brother was used widely to convey a family member. It may be a cousin. So Mary and Cleopas are cousins, are related to Mary, and therefore a family to Jesus. Maybe they journeyed with Jesus on the way to Jerusalem for the Palm Sunday and were there for the celebrations and they witnessed the whole of the rejoicing that took place at Jesus' arrival. Or maybe Jesus stopped with them to break up his journey to Jerusalem. What we do know is that they were there for that dreadful day. Maybe Jesus' mother sent word saying that Jesus had been arrested and they dropped everything and at once rushed to Jerusalem. But we know that this person on the way back home to Emmaus stood comforting Jesus' mother as well as going through her own terrible ordeal as she watched Jesus a family member tortured and die on the cross. And so we have the story of Emmaus suddenly take a very different shape. Two family members in the depth of grief are going home. It's early Sunday morning. And they're travelling because it's the earliest they could have travelled. They weren't allowed to travel on Saturday because of the Sabbath. And so the first opportunity, they leave Jerusalem. And before the sun gets high in the sky, they go home. And then Jesus suddenly walks with them. And they don't recognise Jesus. And I'm going to share with you why I think that was so important. We're told in the Gospel account that they really just listen and Jesus explains the whole of the prophets, the whole of the scriptures as to why the Messiah had to come and suffer and to die. I think it's very different. I think Jesus met two grief-stricken people on the way home and he listened the why, why, why at different points in our lives we've said the same 
and as Christians we've listened to others. Why did this have to happen to such a good person when bad people thrive? Why did God allow this to happen? Why would a good God allow suffering like this? It was about healing. And Jesus had to allow them to question, to rant, to wonder, to really touch the hurt, the confusion, the pain that is grief. And then he was able to start the healing process with them. Unlike us, he was able to give answers, to explain fully God's intention. And on that journey, healing began. And it wasn't until they sat down and shared a meal that they were healed enough and strengthened enough to be given the final piece of the jigsaw, a final touch. God's way, even though it's incomprehensible to us, is the way to joy, the way to life. I think the story of the road to Emmaus is special for another reason as well. For me personally, it gives us an insight into Jesus reaching out to his family. If I don't believe he just appeared to Mary Magdalene, I don't believe he appeared to Mary and Cleopas on the road to Emmaus and then the disciples in the upper room. I think the first person he went to was his mother. And we don't hear of it in the scriptures. And we're reminded that there were so many other events that happened that weren't recorded. The accounts that were recorded were to help us to believe. And Jesus going to his mother after everything she suffered isn't necessary for our belief. It was something truly personal. But we get a glimpse of it here today. If we understand that Mary and Cleopas were Jesus' family. And that gives us something else to reflect upon. He was incredibly busy on that first Easter morning. Appearing here and there and to so many people. And not all of it was about giving the message of good news. Underlying all of that was Jesus' concern to reassure the people that he loved the most that he was all right. Or perhaps as humans we can relate to that. When something awful happens, we immediately contact the people that are most important to us to reassure them that we are all right or to contact them to find out if they are all right. And that's what he did. He went immediately to the people that he loved to speak to them, to help the healing, to reassure them that he was alive. Today's 
Gospel reading gives us incredible hope for the future. Because we see not so much the proclamation of the good news that Jesus is risen. We're reminded of Jesus, someone who was led by compassion, who will walk with us. And don't forget, Mary and Cleopas were walking seven miles in the wrong direction. He didn't want them in a mess. And in fact, as soon as they realise who Jesus is, they drop everything, turn around and go all the way back to Jerusalem, another seven miles. But Jesus happily walks with them in the wrong direction because that's the journey that they need to make. And as he's walking with them, he's listening and helping them heal. Isn't that part of the good news that we celebrate this Easter tide? Not only did Jesus crucified because of sin and selfishness and fear and jealousy, and assuming all of that in himself, he dies. And the rising from the dead is the forgiveness, the breaking of the bonds of death. But far more that we have someone who knows us so well, who empathises with our every fear, joy, sadness and grief, and walks with us through all life's difficulties, often companionship, understanding, and if we but listen, healing. Today, the story that, or the reflection that goes hand in hand with the journey to Emmaus, for me, is a reflection of the footprints in the sand. The Lord who walks with us in our darkest times, reminding us that he is our companion on life's journey. When times are hardest, he's the one who perhaps carries us, or sends wonderful people to journey with us and to pick us up. Or the voice in the silence that reassures us that all will be well if we but trust in the love of God. Now is the time we set aside to speak directly with God and to listen to the one who knows us intimately and loves us in all our imperfections. So let us pray together for ourselves, our communities, and for the wider world. Loving God, Mother and Father of all creation, we have come here from different places and in different ways. But whatever our situation, we know that we are in your presence. For you are the source and the end of our being. And your beloved Son, Jesus the Christ, is our shepherd and our companion along the way. Wherever we go, you are with us. Whatever we do or say, you are with us. When the road is long or difficult, we know you will take us by the hand and lead us.
when we come to a fork in the road, we know you will help us to choose the right path. When the pain and struggles of our journey become unbearable, we know Jesus will lift us and carry us. We pray for all who help us on our journey in life, and we ask for your Spirit's guidance when we need to alter our path, to walk more closely with you and do your work in helping others find your way. Rejoicing in your amazing love, Lord, we pour out before you now the needs and cares and concerns of all our sisters and brothers, whoever and wherever they may be. You know, Lord, how hard we find it at present to be physically separated from loved ones and family and friends. But we thank you for the fellowship of all who join us, whether in person or through the internet and telecommunications. We ask you to be with those who cannot join us, even by the miracle of modern technology. We pray that they will know they are not alone, that Jesus is their constant, constant companion too. We pray for the worldwide church and its leaders, for metropolitan community churches everywhere, and for those in Northern Lights MCC who are working tirelessly to bring us and keep us together as a family. We pray that in, in, in its many and various ministries, the Church may keep everyone faithfully on the true way that you have set out. We pray for the world as it encounters and strives to respond to the coronavirus pandemic. We pray for all who are affected, whether through illness or isolation or anxiety, that they may find relief and recovery. And this evening we offer a special prayer for our Metropolitan Community Church of Lombardy in Italy, which has been particularly hard hit by coronavirus. We pray for their pastor and for their special ministry to a couple who have moved to Lombardy from Argentina. We pray for those who are guiding our nation, working tirelessly to shape national policies and strategies and to gather scarce resources, that they may make wise and timely decisions. And we pray for the leaders of all nations and for all world bodies, that they may work together to coordinate international approaches to the pandemic. We pray for doctors, nurses, paramedics, carers and medical researchers, that through their skill and insights, many will be restored to health. We pray for those who are looking after people at home or in care or in education, children, the elderly, people with disabilities and special needs, and for those who are helping neighbours and friends. We pray for all who are working hard to support communities in these difficult circumstances, whether in paid roles or as volunteers. 
We pray for all who are going through dark times, for those who are lonely or vulnerable and fearful for the future, the homeless, refugees and those seeking asylum, people with no jobs and those placed in, on furlough, people who face distressing financial circumstances made worse in the current pandemic, people who are simply worn down by constant struggles to meet the physical, mental and emotional challenges of life, or who are experiencing a time of trouble or distress or uncertainty about the way ahead. We pray for those who are ill or in pain and for those who are nearing the end of their journey on earth, that they may know that your comfort and peace. May everyone know you and your boundless love. May everyone know and have faith in Jesus as their shepherd and constant companion. And now, in keeping with our custom in the Metropolitan Community Church, I light a special candle as we remember all who have already surrendered themselves to your tender care due to HIV-related illness. And this evening, we also remember and pay tribute to all who have succumbed to coronavirus or other conditions. We pray for all who are living with illness of any kind and for their loved ones, families and friends. We bring to you now all for whom requests for prayers have been placed on a special book of intentions. Help them to come to terms with their pain and difficulties and help them look forward to the future whatever and wherever that may be we place them in your healing presence lord and ask that you enfold every single person who needs to feel the warmth and tenderness of your embrace so let us pray for the needs of people known to us personally Lord, we make our prayers in faith and love of you, for we know that your Spirit is at work in our world, making all things new. Grant us your wisdom in all that we do, and instill our hearts with the goodness, peace and generosity of your Holy Spirit. We now commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, Lord, to your mercy and protection and to the healing love of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, as we say together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory for ever and ever amen and together we share the grace may the grace 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go with the peace and the joy of the risen Christ. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, northernlightsmcc.org.uk.